my goodness. It is take nine squared. Take 81. All our sweets and sweetettes or whatever the frick you want to call yourselves. All our fans, everyone out there. Thank you for listening. We have got a special themed podcast today. We're going to start off with a TV with Keeks segment that is probably going to trigger a lot of your guys' nostalgia. At least at least it did for me. And TC doesn't know, but it probably will for him. Then we've got some oh. delays, or maybe not delays, we're going to talk about. Followed by that, we have a segment called The Sweet Say, where we're going to respond to a question we posted on our Instagram page. That is Sweet Film Talk. If you do not follow us, go ahead and give us a follow right now. Super easy. And then... Our themed take, it is a Nolan take today. We are reviewing Inception, and we're going to talk about our sweet film virtual meetup that we had. And to round it out, we are talking all Nolan. Going to give you some Nolan nuggets. (laughs) And rank his films, and dive into each one of them. I know we've already reviewed Interstellar before. We've talked about a lot of his movies, but... We'll dive in a little bit further, but without any further ado, it is your boy, the Sweet Keeks, and who do we got? We got the Sweet TC, great intro, really excited for Nine Squared, baby. Take 81, we're here, and I have no idea what TV show you're watching, (laughs) so I'm excited. Speaking of TV show, we started watching um, Parks and Rec. Oh, heck. That show is so funny. It is every time. April, April Ludgate, Andy Dwyer, kill me, and Tom. Yeah, I think I think it's great. I love it. I don't know. I honestly don't know what I like more: The Office or Parks and Rec. Like I, I always debate. Like, uh, I love The Office because of this, and I love the Parks and Rec because of that. So, anyways, that's my quick TV with TC rewatch. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm gonna chime in I, on the Office versus Parks and Rec debate. I've got to do it. I've got to go off for a second because... Go off for a second. We're here. It's take 81. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> only things that I feel they have in common is, like, the mockumentary-style filming. Sure. Because The Office is... Each episode is so perfect in and of itself. Up until, like, you know, like, season... Like, you know, that's debatable Eight up until nine. when. Yeah. Yeah. But... Like, you can watch each episode and just kind of put it on the background, or you can sit down and tune in, and it all works great. The thing about Parks and Rec is, is you can't just, like, throw it on in the background and, like, fall asleep to it. Because any time I've tried to do that, I, I, like, I'm just staying up and I'm watching it. Because I feel like there's more story in between. I don't know if I'm crazy for thinking that. I don't know if any of you guys feel the same. I hope you do. If not, I don't really care. But I do care. I do care a little bit about what people think. Yeah, so that's my opinion. Should. I don't know. Um, yeah. I feel like Michael Scott is the strongest, but a lot of Parks and Rec characters are very strong, and they do a great job exploring all the A, B, and C plots. Agreed. So honestly, if somebody came to me and said, Office or Parks and Rec, on Wednesday it might be Parks and Rec. On Thursday it might be The oh. Office. It, it really <laughs> that's the perfect. That's the perfect way seriously. to put it. It really yeah. is. So how's, that's where I stand. Anyways, super funny. How's quarantine treating you? How are you doing? You know, it's it's fine. Beard looks same great. old, same old. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, beard looks great. It's nice outside, so been walking, running, and yeah, that's really about it. Yeah, um, catching up on some streaming movies, which we'll talk about in this later sure. later this take. Yeah, we'll talk about so, it. So, yeah. um, my my body is just kind of like a like a 
uh, like a black hole, like a dying star, just collapsing in on itself. My biceps Ugh. are going away. My belly's coming out. But it's okay. You know, it's okay. You're not alone. Anyone You're not alone. who's telling you that you need to take this time to develop skills or blah, 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 uh, it doesn't matter. Just make sure that your mental health is okay. Make sure you're happy. Make sure you're getting into that alone time you need, that time with anyone else that you need, not exceeding over 10 people, and you're good. That's what I would yeah. say. So don't put too much pressure on yourself. That's a little, that's, exactly. that's some, some wisdom for the boys. Yeah. Do a little, do some projects that you want to do. And yeah. gosh, I sound like such a bro when I say this, but I miss going to the gym. I miss lifting. Oh weights. my gosh. I know. I used some of those bands yesterday, like the tubes. Just yeah. didn't do it. Plus my shaky hands makes it almost impossible to like stretch anything. <laughs> if anyone knows my stretchy hands, sometimes a problem. It's endearing, but it's a little bit of a nuisance. It is. It is endearing. The familial tremor. I think that's a perfect word. Perfect word to describe it. You, you know what I want to talk about now, though? And yes. I know we had... No. Okay, I'm going to talk about my TV with Keek segment. Then we'll talk about the quarantine build. I was watching and thought of some highlights from a show that I used to watch as a kid. It would come on on Spike TV late at oh, night. No. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, no. Everyone's screaming it right now. MXC. Do you Ugh. remember that show? That show with is Kenny outrageous. Blankenship and Vic Romano. MXC. <laughs> how, how sweet was the, that show? The the voiceovers and the dubs. Oh, we watched. We turned on because Becky had never heard of it. So I turned. We turned on like little, like a little highlights is, and clips. It, it is genius. It is so funny, dude. I. It's like it would be on. I don't know how my parents watched it. I never caught on to like the adult themes in it because clearly there are. But I would just watch it to see people get hit, and we'd like watch it as a family. I yeah. remember. No, I remember. I remember watching it all the time at a friend's house, and it was super funny. We would just be busting out. <laughs> like it is, it is kind of like Jackass and uh, Wipeout had a baby. Oh my gosh, that is it. It's based off of a. <laughs> they took footage from a Japanese show called Takeshi's Castle, and then they dubbed uh, over it. I don't know what those people uh, are okay. doing now. I have no idea. It's like yeah. has it, led me, and it's like Ninja Ninja Warrior, similar like Ninja Warrior. The thing about Ninja Warrior is, like, people take that too seriously. Yeah, like, MXC is just a loose cannon. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to see. That's the the beauty of MXC. (laughs) They had, like, the dude with the safari outfit, Guy LaDouche, who would interview people, and he had a French accent. (laughs) And before any contestant would go on, they'd just yell random stuff, like, I like eggs! (laughs) And just just yeah, yeah. I I remember remember one time they, they had to catch a ball that went, like, 40 50 feet oh, in the yeah. air and they're running to get it and the ball just comes back and hits the guy oh my I know. God. They, they that's have, a great that's a great keeks with tv that's a great tv with keeks segment oh, i love mxc they have like every episode that, on youtube it looks like it's filmed with a potato like it's like 28p oh but still great to revisit oh yeah that, that's she that's that's the time when we need mxc on netflix or hulu more I than agree. ever give yes. us some laughs Oh, of course. Give, um, give us some stunts. You know what? Let's talk about the build your quarantine segment with um, yeah the sweet say. So we'll do the delays first real quick because um, not going to lie. There's a lot of delays. Too many delays. Right, you got them. I'm not even going to list. 
If you guys are really curious, you can go look because there were so many that like I almost wrote them down. But every day there was a new batch. Almost like Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness has been pushed back. Spider-Man stay at home or Spider-Man I miss home or whatever it's going to be. Spider-Man homeschool. Spider-Man homeschool. What if that's it? I don't think so. Spider-Man stay at home or Spider-Man online school. (laughs) School, Spider-Man school at home. School from home. Watch. I mean, I don't want to like, we have guessed a lot of like Avengers Endgame. We predicted that'd be the title like three months before they revealed it. And hopefully we can just clip this and throw it up in a, you know, in a couple years when they announce the title, who knows? So, uh, speaking of titles, uh, I remember we were talking about star Wars episode nine and you and I both were predicting the name. And I said, Ray of hope, just kind of kidding around. Yeah. But I don't know if I mentioned on the pod, I remember I mentioned it to you and I said, no, it should be rise of the resistance. I think they have a, they have a ride there at Star Wars in Disneyland <laughs> called Rise oh, of the that's Resistance. Right. I kid you not. I said that first. You didn't wait. You didn't you know that, that that's what the ride was called. No. Oh, um, profit, profit. I just TC. found that out. Yeah, they Disney got a hold of our of our take, or they dubbed of our agent my phone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tapping so your phone is very likely. Yeah. Very. So, likely. Anyways, uh, I like online school, home at or or homeschool. Yeah, it's going to be it's it has some home, home in it. In they it. have confirmed that. Yeah. School. They have? Yeah, they have. It's going to have home in it. Golly. They already used far, far from home, home and like he's going to be on the yeah. run, so I don't know. I don't freaking know, but yeah. Tenet is not delayed. And how things are looking, I've heard that like in some places they're starting to open back up. I don't think it's too far fetched. Now, I don't know how they're going to handle seating like are they going to do every other seat do theaters at like half capacity um i don't know how that's going to work but we talked a little bit last week july 17th i feel like is on target it's a good experiment at least what do you think yeah 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 i think like july 17th is very attainable to release a big blockbuster like tenant and i'm sure a lot of people are wanting to go back to the theater (laughs) as are we yeah so Hopefully, hopefully things and the ch- everything falls into place. Chips are down, and Tenet is able to be released that weekend. So, July seventeenth. Yeah. yeah, sheesh. Yeah, hopefully that hopefully that pulls through. And I think I think that's realistic. I think I think movie theaters will start opening by July, and maybe they do with one seat in between or something like that. I don't. It'd be care. interesting to see. I will buy yeah. out. I'll buy out all the seats just so I can go sit well, and it's, social it's, distance it's, myself. <laughs> Here's my thing. Grocery stores are still open. Mm-hmm. A lot of stores are still open. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. You know, that's that's kind of where I'm 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 that's where I think. Obviously, got to adhere to the rules, the yes. laws here that we're trying to do, but with all the stores being open, I mean, you're you're walking by people all the time. That's, you're handing, you know. That's true, that's but it's like also so. yeah, that's food. Uh, like they've labeled as being essential. I understand what you're saying. I definitely yeah, get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm just saying, like public spaces are open, so yeah. hopefully theaters are open by July. Oh. I think, I think sometime in June that'd be great. I'm not. I don't have any expectations for May. But no, none. If July mm-hmm. happens, and it's interesting to see like all these movies that have been pushed back. It's like if Tenet comes out and theaters are open in July, like what else comes out? 
Do you think a quiet yeah. place part two will just be like, all right, let's, let's release it. We said this release. I don't day, know how that works. Cause remember how, what you was know? it? Was it for infinity war or end game? They pushed the release date back like a week, like two months before they're like, we're actually going to release it like a week early. And they did. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't remember who that Jr. was with some, it was a great marketing ploy. It was uh, Infinity War. It was. That's right. Mm-hmm. No, I think it was Endgame. I don't remember. Maybe eh. both. Yeah, <laughs> probably it was. That they're, seems like they're, they're the same essentially. They but just yeah, I remember, had, uh, Robert Downey. What's up? I was just gonna say they just had the two year anniversary of Infinity War. The best Marvel. Yeah. The best. I, I think Robert movie. Downey Jr. It was a great marketing tool. But I remember Robert Downey Jr. on Twitter was like, "Can we release this a week early, Marvel? I uh, would love for all my friends there." And they're like, "Yeah, we would." And then it just went viral. So. I, I could see if theaters do open up in July, a lot of these movies that have been pushed back might just be like, hey, let's let's do it. Yeah, I I'm very interested to see how this changed the landscape of theaters yeah. and entertainment in general. It is wild. In fact, I, I, I posted something on my um, what's it called on my on my personal Instagram about I just went to the move. I just so we went to Freddy's. We bought shakes and we're like, let's just go sit in the parking lot of a movie theater and just reminisce me and Becky did. And I got there. I hadn't <laughs> driven to a movie theater. When you were talking about it last week, I didn't understand the depth of how barren it is. It looks like, yeah. like Ghost just town. like a scene from a uh, zombie abandoned. apocalypse. Yeah. A band. It's crazy. The, and the craziest thing was the mark, like the, the cases where they hold the posters all empty, all of them empty. Which leads us into our segment of the sweets say, where we asked you guys if you could go back and rewatch a movie for the first time, what would you choose to watch again and rewatch? So we're gonna read some of those because we got we got some good answers. We got some very good answers. Um, some great ones. First off, for me, I would have to say. I mean, I've said this. My favorite recent movie moment is going to see get out because the theater wasn't super packed but packed enough where it felt like you were literally with a family and it was so cool to see um tc what was yours what would you say i feel like i can guess Dude, it I would, but um i want you to guess it because i think you're wrong go ahead and guess it i mean well obviously i was gonna guess um what's it called uh lord of the rings one of the lord of the rings movies yeah, but, I would definitely say out of the Lord of the Rings, I would choose Return of the King just because okay. Fellowship's my favorite, but mm-hmm. Return of the King was just monumental. It was the end of the trilogy. Yeah. Uh, and I remember I saw that in theaters, I think, twice. Return of the King, floored. Dude. Uh, I, however, however, that is not my choice. Oh, what is it? Revenge of the Sith. Oh, we had that was an answer from, from one of the suites yeah. was Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. I remember I was in sixth grade. I was uh, doing something and... I was really bummed. I told this story on the pod before, but I was really bummed that my brothers were going to Revenge of the Sith and not mm-hmm. me. And my older brother came and checked me out of school and I was absolutely hyped. Yeah. And so that was such a cool theater experience. It was packed. It was Revenge of the Sith. It was in. And it's my second favorite Star Wars. I love it. So that was such a fun theater experience. If I had to see another movie in theaters, it would be Revenge of the Sith. You know, and it's <laughs> so interesting it. that that capped off the prequels, which like some would say is like the worst trilogy of the three, maybe, but it's easily the best finale of the three trilogies. Yeah, for me, it's got a least. lot of heart. Oh, I love yeah, Revenge I of the Sith. I agree. 
Um, some other ones. I'll read a few here. Go for it. Um, the Matrix. Good choice. One. That's a sweet one. The Prestige. Okay. Uh, my personal favorite. This is great. Someone said Hobbs and Shaw, and I'm <laughs> clapping my hands. Thank you. Bravo. Thank, thank you. Thank you to that person. Um, I'll go two more. Okay. Ants. I have never seen Ants. <laughs> I haven't either. So that's a that's that's a wild hot it take. It came out. It, that's one of those like brother sister movies where like Ants came out and Bugs Life came out. So both. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen Ants, so I don't freaking know. We got Mad Max um, Fury Road was a popular one too. Yeah. And then one more Harry Potter Sorcerer's Stone. In fact, oh. Harry Potter Sorcerer's Stone, um, when what's his name? Is it it's not Quell, Coral? Professor Professor Coral? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. What is his name? The guy with Anyways, the when Voldemort Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he takes off his uh-huh. his scarf on his head. Yeah. <laughs> and Voldemort is on the back of his head, shook me. Oh same. so scared. So scared. I was like, oh, sweet mercy. I, for no. years, still had Coral. to cover my eyes. Yeah, I think it's Professor yeah, no, Coral like, or something. Like that. Yeah. Um, anyways, so that was a crazy theater experience. The young TC. Oh. That, I, was, that was kind of a menacing shot. Like, Voldemort looked creepy on the back of that head. And that was, yeah. Directed so. by Chris Columbus, who also directed Home Alone. Which I think is maybe... That's how they got uh, John Williams to come on and do the score because he did the score for Home Alone. Chris Columbus maybe came on and said, hey, do the score for Harry Potter. Or the fact that, I mean, like, Harry Potter was going to be a huge franchise and why not tie tie John Williams to do the score with it? It's perfect. Yeah. Even though he kind of, I think after movie three, John Williams kind of stepped aside and he had other, like Alexander Desplat did the score for part seven or number seven. I don't know who else did it, but I think John Williams kind of mentored that process, but mm. that was another one. Deathly hollows part two was, uh, an answer as well. So we got some Harry Potter mm. in here. Oh yeah. Which people love. Fun I don't know. Experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, some dark Knight and glorious bastards, blade runner, 2049, yeah. Moneyball. Blade Blood runner 2049 Di- was almost my answer. Cause like, I just, I don't know. That day I was really tired and I fell asleep through part of it. I remember I the rest of the movie being great, but like I fell asleep. <laughs> you were out for like 30 minutes. Oh, was it that I long? I, nudged, I think I nudged you and I was like, hey. Oh, no. Well, what I watched. I don't blame. What I saw I was amazing. So I don't blame you. The vibrance of. Um, oh, I just I couldn't uh, just a little bit sleepy. But anyways, okay. I, I think those were there were some really good answers. Cats. I, I hope that's a real answer. I hope you really did enjoy seeing cats in theaters because <laughs> I personally yeah. didn't really. Um, but then we also posted a graphic yesterday. TC, why don't you go? Let, let, let's get, give the people a little bit of that one. Um, so this is your build your quarantine. And $15. You have $15. One dollar, we got Gimli, Morty, uh, Kristen Stewart from Twilight, Meredith. Bella Swan, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's her name? In- Bella, Bella Swan. Ugh. Bella Swan. Yeah. Uh, you want to do the two dollar one? Bam. Chunk, um, Walter Mitty, or Ben Stiller, however you want to do it. Um, then Elsie Fisher, her character from 8th grade, and The Major from Ghost in the Shell. Some people thought it was Mikasa nice. from uh, <laughs> from Attack on Titan, which who cares? Yeah, you can do that too. It doesn't matter. Okay, three dollar like baby. Uh, th- 
Three dollars. We have Eddie Murphy. What, which which Eddie Axel Murphy? Axel Foley this from? from Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. Oh, love that. Mm-hmm. And George Clooney, Ocean's Eleven. I'm assuming. Yep, Danny Ocean. Oh, Danny Ocean is smooth. Oh yeah. Ocean's Eleven is a great watch. Oh, p- a perfect watch. Maybe not a perfect movie, but oh, what a great movie. I, Ocean's Eleven deserves more credit. Like that should be in the IMDb 250 IMO. Oh, take like half of the movies we've seen and throw it out and throw da- Ocean's Eleven in. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, take um, Legend of okay. 1900 out for sure. Goku is in there. Goku, one of the most mm-hmm. positive characters ever. Uh, Daenerys. You know, Maybe Daenerys. Yeah. She's attractive, but I don't know if I can do quarantine with her. That's a lot of so- style over substance choice, I think. Yeah. Like, I feel like if I stack the dishes wrong, she would. She doesn't have like, her dragons, but. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I was just about to say, like, her dragons would be hovering over me. I'd be like, uh. That's a lot of pressure. That's too much pressure. <laughs> Although, you know, if we were, if I was on her good side, then she can, like, you know, she can. Maybe you let you ride a dragon me. inside or, you know, go outside. Sure. Let, she'll let you ride a dragon yeah. outside. I don't know. Well, if I wanted a nice just brick oven pizza, she can warm that up. Really oh, quick. that's a nice stone, stone, like, what is it? Like a stone cooked pizza? Oh, fire. If fire I had to choose a Game of Thrones character to quarantine with, Davos Seaworth, hands down. That is a good That's choice. Guy. I don't know. Oh, Tyrion, yeah. for sure, for me. Even though I feel like he'd try to betray me or like make sure that I get coronavirus. I, I still think yeah. his, his goods outweigh the bad. Yeah. Yeah. Going on to the $4 range, we got Ferris Bueller, Dr. Ian Malcolm, or Jeff Goldblum. And I didn't know this. Her name is Juno McGruff in the movie. That's her last name. I had no idea. Mm. And then L Woods, which okay, I wouldn't mind being uh, L Woods. Nice, bubbly personality, very positive. Um, I take L Wood. Yeah, she's a good choice. I like that choice. I do. Round I do it too. out. Uh, f- Five dollars. We got the dude, Tommy Boy, Leslie Nope, and Trinity from the Matrix. I I personally picked. I'm gonna go with Goku. I'm gonna go with Chunk, and I'm going with Leslie Nope. Now, I'm picking Goku because I think he brings a lot of optimism and he brings me a lot of physical training that I'll need, hopefully be able to go exactly. Super Saiyan by the end of the quarantine. Chunk, I bring because, you know, you need a little bit of comic relief. You need a little bit of that, like, kind of unfortunate vibe around you, boost you up, but also like, make him feel good. And, you know, if he breaks something, you've got Leslie Nope there to clean everything up. She'll find a cure with one of her binders for the, co- for the coronavirus and you're out of the quarantine in like two weeks. And then I with love, the remaining money, I, I, you just got to save it because Goku eats so much that I'm going to need to like, I'm going to need a budget <laughs> like crazy. And that's it. I love that. Who are you going to pick? Great, great lineup. Um, you know, also speaking of Chunk, you know who's this? You know who is our generation's Chunk? Yorkie, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, I'd say it's a little early for that one. No, I'm just saying. I, I can see. He's very endearing. Okay. Yeah. No. Well, I I'm I'm sticking with my guns. All right. I, I, I like that though. You got to do it. Anyway, like what you mine like. Mine would be Gim. Yeah. Mine would be Gimli. I just need a dwarf in the mist yes. because he's got an axe, and if in case people are you know trying to break in and and swoop our things mm-hmm. and whatnot, we'll be good. We got. An oh axe. yeah. And <laughs> he'll he'll I'll protect you with my with my axe, chunk. <laughs> Because I think Chunk mm-hmm. and Gimli would really get along. Like, I would love just to be a wall on the fly, uh, a fly on the wall, just to hear their conversations. Yeah. Goku, 
stay in shape. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go Juno because I think Juno's hilarious and I love her banter. Yes, very witty. And Tommy Boy. That rounds out to $15. I'm not saving any change. I want Tommy Boy in the mix because it's Tommy Boy. Oh, yeah. If I had to use my five, $5 left, honestly, I'm probably I'm probably getting Chris Farley, too. Or I'm going Jeff. Yeah, got or I get Jeff Goldblum and throw Morty in or Meredith. Gone too soon. Really, oh, gosh. Please stop that. So yeah. true. Rest, love the guy. Um, um, some of the that sweets. That's a great quarantine. Yeah, some of the sweets. The, um, let's see. We'll go over a few that. Um, Press Toon said Chris Farley, Ferris Bueller, Goku, and Morty. Um, I don't know why we put Morty at a dollar. I think that's just part of Morty being Morty. Morty. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, Ferris Bueller is a great choice, honestly. Very refined pick, if I do say so myself. And yeah. Um, Give us a few, throw out a few more. Yeah, yeah. I, I love this comment. Someone said, just give me three Chris Farley's, please. <laughs> oh, man. Could you imagine Shout just how BDH. much you'd laugh and maybe some of the some of the activities that you would engage in that maybe you wouldn't necessarily. Well, I don't know how you'd be able to get. Yeah, it'd still be good. It'd still be good. Yeah. Give me Chris Farley. Um, And then someone, someone said, said not. Oh, I got. I'll take yeah, this one. Go. One more for me, from me, and then you can do nine Mortys and one Leslie Note. That's an unstoppable force, and we'd have this cured in about forty-five minutes. <laughs> Wonderful true. comment. Because I think I also agree. Morty comes with a lot of knowledge of just like having spent a lot of time around Rick that he can definitely put to good work while in the quarantine. Oh yeah. So I think it's perfect. Good. Yeah. Thank you, everyone that participates in our like polls and stuff that we throw out throughout the week and commenting just all of your engagement on the Instagram page. We have a lot of fun with those posts. Um, and so keep it coming. We love the interaction. And if you ever have any um, suggestions, DM us sweet film talk on Instagram. Go ahead and give us a follow. And that leads us to some to a little experiment that we did this week that we thought would work pretty well with our um we did a virtual sweet film meetup and watched inception which we used the netflix party app which you can download on google google chrome google gum <laughs> google chrome and i i'm i'm a key i'm a keep it i'm gonna keep it real with you dude i don't love the netflix party i don't you know, i'm glad we tried uh- it yeah, no, I'm glad we tried it too. There's some advantages to Netflix Party. I like that you can all be watching the same thing at the same time. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the chat. However, for a movie like Inception, we started started Netflix Party. We started Inception, and I was just glued. Like I really didn't want to chat because I was just I was locked in. It's Inception. So for Netflix Party, you have to be watching like a TV show or just kind of like a mindless movie that you've seen before. And chat with people. That's 100% it. Because that was the thing. Yeah. It was It was like, there and was about a set, like, we'll be honest, there was like 10, pe- 10 of us in there at max. So not like yeah. a ton of people, but honestly, one, it's a lot of work because you have it, to download the extension and you can't cast the, you can't cast the Netflix party onto your TV. We love Chromecast, but if you cast netflix onto your tv it loses the party and you just restart the movie so you have to use the hdmi cable it's just a lot of logistic stuff that doesn't work very well that honestly we didn't really think we thought it would be fine didn't work super well that's just part of the game 
Yeah, it is part of the game. And then, yeah, you have to like send an email to us, send mm-hmm. them back the link. So the idea was there, but honestly, the best way to do it is just be like, hey, everybody try to start your movie around 7.30 and chime in on our Instagram or we'll have like a questionnaire after. So yeah. we'll, we'll probably, we'll do it again, but we'll do it less complicated and we'll just have everybody start the movie at the same time instead I, of the Netflix party. And the chat bar, chat bar is like, it's in the way of the movie. Oh, I, I disagree. I think the chat yeah. bar is the purpose for having Netflix party. You just, oh, you're no, just, no. Ro- you're no, just no, watching that. the wrong movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think the chat bar just, it's like too apparent. Like, does that make sense? Like it, I feel like it cuts off the screen. It's boom, like right there. But I, I agree with you that mm-hmm. it is the purpose of it. But when I'm watching a movie like Inception, yeah, yeah, I don't really want to be chatting. But another movie, yeah, I, I, I think that's the biggest takeaway from all of this is if we're going to do this again, we have to watch a movie that everyone has seen and hates, or everyone has seen and loved, so we can just talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. because yeah, it, it didn't work as well, but we learned. It was still fine. Yeah. But I want to review the movie. We need to review yeah, let's Inception. review this. Because it was written by Christopher Nolan and directed it. We had a ton of sweet movie morsels in there. To clarify something I said last time, Christopher Nolan's Inception is not based on Paprika or anything like that. There are no, There's no solid evidence to show that it is based on, or in, based on Paprika by, by Christopher Nolan. He hasn't said anything, but there are a lot of parallels in certain scenes that make it seem like, mm, this is definitely inspired by Paprika, but that's movies. Every movie has been inspired or based on some other property and some other existing idea. So not really a big, not really a big deal. You know, um, it's the idea is super simple though, which is what I realized about the movie is they are trying to plant an idea in a businessman's competitor's son's mind to get him to dissolve the business, which I had kind of forgotten that that was a big part of the movie. And so they have to incept this idea without the son noticing that it's not his own idea. And what did you think of Inception, TC? Um, so I recently watched this, geez, I think in November, December. Yeah. It was my first time watching it since 2011. Oh, so Okay. I, I remember talking about this on uh, a recent take when we were like, yeah, if Inception's your favorite movie, like what you like. Of course. You know, yeah. So Inception's easily in my top 10 after that rewatch mm-hmm. in December, November, and then obviously just this past week. Yeah. I, what I like about Inception is it's a pretty tight script and it's a little bit of mind bender. It makes you think you're like, oh shoot, like why did Fisher go in limbo? And then you're like, oh, duh, because... Mal killed him and like that's what happens when you get that sedated like you go in limbo and so Dom had to like go rescue him kick him I love just the dream within a dream within Mm -hmm. a dream and I love the A the the A and the B plot go really well together how you have Dom who's just always 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 trying to get Mal out of his head yeah and then obviously you have their mission with having Fisher dissolve his father's company so Sato can, you know, do his thing. Mm-hmm. So it just goes hand in hand. Like everything works together. There's these, those two storylines mesh really well together. And for me, I was never annoyed about like Mal and Dom. Like it just worked really, really well. It was very cohesive. So just mm-hmm. rewatching that again and the acting, the suspense, the score is phenomenal. I mean, this is just, it's an A plus, A plus for me, easy, A plus movie. 
Yeah, you know what I've actually found is I I agree it's an A plus for me as well, just because overall the experience is so immersive. Once that movie starts, I mean the move the the heist kicks in like going into the second act. It's crazy yeah. how action packed this movie is, and there are some things that don't work super well. Like if you take into account all the physics and the timing that they set up the bus falling, which actually that scene took several attempts to do. They actually shot the, um, the van off of the bridge using like a cannon sort of device to get that simulation. And then you film it over and over again. Um, and what's funny about what's funny about the camera falling is, um, yeah, it falls for like an hour. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it's just cutting back to it, which it, yeah, it's yeah. it ends like inch, up inch by inch, just just go doot doot. <laughs> it can be a little tedious. However, it's 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 inception. Like that's the point of the movie. Mm-hmm. Is time is slowed down in dreams. Chris Nolan actually wanted to film the entire movie in IMAX, but the IMAX camera Ooh. is so heavy, and there were some handheld camera aspects that they just couldn't do it. So they did they weren't able to film the whole movie in IMAX. Which I thought was kind of a nice little interesting tidbit. Uh, I, I think what and this is just personally for me. I don't understand the whole end part of how he's. I guess what Dom has killed himself, and then he's in where Saito is. Like I'm guessing because they they're able to rescue Fisher, and then Dom comes back and then injects himself into Saito to go into him to bring him back so that they can make it back. Is that how that works? Yeah, so what I understood is when he's when they're when they're in the first dream, when they're in Fisher's dream on the airplane mm-hmm. and it's rainy and they're in the warehouse. Yeah. And they tell the team like, "Hey, if you die, like you're going to be in limbo for like 50 years or something like that." And which amounts to I think like 3 f- Three plus hours, I think, in the real. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. So ten hours is the plane ride, something like that. So, yeah. anyways, um, yeah, that can get a little murky. But what I understood from it is because Sato dies um, when they're on the snow planet. Let's call it yeah. the snow planet. <laughs> I was thinking that and too. He goes in a limbo, and then Dom obviously goes there. There's Mal. Um, what's what's her name? Ard Adrian Ard- Ariadne. 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 Weird name, but I like it. Greek. Arniani. And she goes down. Yeah, it's Greek. Yeah. Love Mm -hmm. that. Okay. Uh, And she goes down and he kicks. He's like, yeah, you got to wake him up. They find him, wake him up. And then she goes back. So it's like consecutive kicks, but they get locked in. So he has to find him. So hopefully that kind of makes sense. It's a little, little, it's a little murky, but just basically he got lost there. Yeah. And And it starts with that at the beginning. I do like how it starts. The movie starts with that in the beginning and then it cuts there's so many things that i had forgotten about this movie um and and what i think ends up being you can nitpick so many things about this movie especially the aspect of time but what is so important to remember is there are so many things that are cinematic like movies aren't supposed to be real life you're not supposed to nitpick every detail yes there are things obviously where if the editing is off and bad then yes that should be critiqued because that was not done right but for me, this movie is, it's essentially, it's flawless. The rewatchability mm-hmm. is great. The story is That's fun and relatable, too. And a fun th- a fun aspect about the movie is all of the characters, Chris Nolan wrote the characters as, like, the cast and crew of a movie. So, like, Dom Cobb is the director. For example, 
Tom Hardy's character is the actor. Actor, yeah. And they all have their own roles. And at the beginning of the movie, I thought, I was like, man, why are the costumes so weird for these characters? The costuming seemed really off, but then I realized, oh, it's it's co- the costuming is to accentuate the personality and like the traits of those different fields in film. So it's like yeah. Tom Hardy's character is very flamboyantly dressed, but he's an actor. Was, so that's part of ow. his... The, the allegory, I was just about I to say that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just about to say that. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And Eames, his character, I forgot how much I loved Eames. Like, that is one yes. of my favorite Tom Hardy's Tom Hardy performance. You get to see and his face. Did, it's so refreshing. Yeah, and he talks. <laughs> I know. He talks. One thing I really liked about Tom Hardy's character that I picked up on when he's, you know, he disguises himself as Brown, as Browning. Mm-hmm. And when he gets goes in there to interrogate Fisher and he's trying to get the code and just learn more about Fisher, when he grabs a picture of his dad with the with the flower, mm-hmm. the windmill flower, yeah. and he's like, we'll I have to use this later. It's very subtle, but I picked up on that. Oh! That was my first time like really connecting the dots. I'm glad you didn't engage he, in the group chat. I'm glad you picked up on these little things. Yeah, because he, he takes out his pocket, and he's like, you know, trying to fix himself up. This is in the warehouse, the mm-hmm. first stream, and he hands it to Cobb. He's like, yeah, we might leave this later, and it's that picture. And they end up using it. Oh, which I didn't pick up. Nice. It's really subtle. Yeah, yeah. So that's I thought that was sweet. cool. And so that's that's the that's the bright side of the rewatchability. You miss little things like that that are essential to the film. Fun. Another fun thing is each the initial of the first name of all of the characters in the movie. So you've got like Dom. You've got um, uh, Eames, Arthur. Ariadne, uh, Yusuf. All these people spell out the phrase. They're an acronym for Dreams Pay which is the entire overarching overarching theme of the movie is they make their money off so of going cool. into people's dreams. And yeah. another thing, another sweet movie more. So I freaking did so much research for this movie. It was so much fun on the snow level. When they were filming parts of that, it was actually really windy. And then other days there was no wind. So they used a helicopter's blade to get Ooh. wind going through to simulate that. Which is just That's another, man, people are so creative when it comes to making movies. Yeah. Isn't it fun just to like dig in about a film? Like that's how I felt yeah. with Remember the Titans. I was just like, oh, what? Mm-hmm. This is so cool. Like the movie Morsels with Inception. It is. If you, had to be any, if you had to be anybody on Inception, that whole team, who would you be? Yusuf. He is so, I forgot about his character, how he's like the chemist. Yeah. Oh, he's a cool one. I yeah. think I would go Arthur. Arthur's really cool, too. Arthur's just smooth, man. Yeah. And he's I, just kind of like the go-to guy. Oh, and the I right love hand when man. Co- when Cobb, yeah, right hand. When Cobb is freaking out at him, I just love how he's like, stay calm. Stay calm. And Cobb is just freaking out. And he's like, you're supposed to get the tobacco. And he's like, my bad. I missed it. And he just, he owns up to it. He's like, yeah, my bad. But Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I, I want to see you in more movies or produce something. Yeah. Come on the pod, Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt. We love you. Yeah, I agree. Still, still should be a Nightwing movie or, or Robin. Something. I agree. So what, uh, what what are you giving it, Keeks? What I, grade? I give it an A+. It's definitely sweet. I mean, you, you cannot sit there and tell me that this is a bad movie. No. And it makes it's you think. It's not a bad movie. Yes. Yeah. And you have to be dialed in or you'll miss something. Very true. Like that little, like the photograph that Eames hands Cobb, mm-hmm. as I mentioned. I've missed that in prior viewings. Yeah. No, I agree. It's just so quick. So, and thank uh, you everyone who did join in. I yeah. even noticed a lot of podcasts that are doing the live watches. They're, they're just not, get, it's, it's, it's a lot of logistical things to take into account. 
But we had fun yep. for what we did, and we thank everyone for coming out, for supporting it. Now, we want to get into our ranking of Christopher Nolan movies. And we're going to start. He's got ten movies. One movie that we have not seen is his debut movie, which is following $6,000 to make. Um, I just haven't seen it. I don't know where wow, to watch $6, it. $6,000? Yeah. Yeah, That's six amazing. or sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, made it's it only on. an hour and like nine minutes long. Mm-hmm. Short, barely, barely a feature. And yeah. hopefully, we'll get to it someday. I'm sure we will. But I forgot that that was it. So we're gonna focus on everything from moment memento to now. Um, I'm just gonna start with number nine right off the bat. I think it's also yours. Is Insomnia? Mm-hmm. It's an uh, it's a remake. Good Robin Williams character in there, but other than that. I, I don't love the movie. Um, Al Pacino and Hilary Swank are both in it as well. And it's just kind of slow. It does go into a lot of ethics as well. But yeah, I don't love it. I think it, it really feels like he's still trying to come into his own in this movie. Yeah. And this is a this is a rehash too. this movie's already been done before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I didn't. So, even, and, and, I've never seen the original. It, probably won't. <laughs> yeah. So insomnia as well as my number nine. Okay. Yeah. What's your number eight? My number eight is Dunkirk. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, honestly, right now, all his movies up. Insomnia is seriously the only movie that I don't like Christopher Nolan. Yeah. That he's directed that, and wrote. That is like the only, well, he didn't write Insomnia, but that's the only movie that I'm just like, meh. Like, and I think Christopher Nolan has found his, you know, his groove of doing original content, doing what he wants to do. So I'm going to go Dunkirk. I liked the visuals of Dunkirk. Uh, not a lot of character development, of course. Uh, the sound is amazing. The visuals are amazing. Uh, the actual event that took place with Dunkirk is mm-hmm. amazing how a community came together yeah, and just essentially just saved the day with their boats that they were able to have. The editing, so, too, is crazy. Yeah, and one thing that I do like of Tom Hardy in this as he's the pilot, like his eye movement and just the suspense he builds just mm-hmm. off his facial expressions are amazing. So Dunkirk is there at number eight. They actually like I do sh- like Dunkirk, they str- but I like Hacksaw Ridge more. Okay, they strapped freaking IMAX cameras to those to those old planes, and man, that is not hard. That is not easy work or light work. <laughs> in it because heavy um and anyways my number eight is the dark knight rises because i feel that the dark knight rises is a very rushed movie especially in the last half um you've got batman i'm not even gonna say spoiler alert the movie's been out for like almost seven years uh he gets his back broken and it seems very sped up from that point on and certain things that they do with the villain, uh, it's kind of seems like it's already been done, especially the plot from Batman Begins. It's not a rehash, but Talia al Ghul, like not really being who she is. And it it just it doesn't work for me. There's something missing from The Dark Knight Rises that I think is there, even in Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. So I think that's my number eight. What is yours? Um, you're so funny. I am right there with you. Number, um, oh, excuse me. Number eight was done. No, my number seven is The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I already did my number eight. Yeah. Number nine, Insomnia. Number eight, Dunkirk. Seven, Dark Knight Rises. I agree. No, I, I think the, the Dark Knight Rises is overhyped. It's number 71 on IMDb. No. I think it's a great, yeah, it's number 71. 
I think it's a great movie, but I'm, I'm the same way. 71 just, is entirely too high. Yeah, especially for the Dark Knight Oh, I mean, Rises. I could get I it maybe being like upper 250s. And Batman Begins is lower than... Um, yeah, it's lower than... Uh, it's 127. Oh, that's I think Batman Begins good. is better than uh, The Dark Knight Rises. I like Bane. I like his voice, mm-hmm. but I agree. It's just kind of rehashed and... That that leads yeah. me into my number seven, actually, is Batman Begins. Um, okay. I actually think Batman Begins is... Many. This is... So, like, Insomnia is the very bottom for me. Then Dark Knight Rises is a few steps up from Insomnia. Then you go a whole bunch of steps up and you get to Batman Begins. And the rest of his filmography is right there near the top. Uh, I, I don't have many problems with Batman Begins. It still does feel like Nolan is trying to figure out his voice and his style. Um, Christian Bale, I don't... I think he he does give off a fun Bruce Wayne vibe, but it's never really the Bruce Wayne that I envisioned. So I don't think he's... I love Ben Affleck's Batman. I don't know. Like, Batman vs. Superman is horrible. But I do like that little aspect of Ben Affleck's Batman. Would have been really cool to see him, but Robert Pattinson, he's going to kill it. Uh, So Batman begins. Yeah, just based on the fact that I I think it's, it's right before Nolan finds his voice. Yeah. Um, I can agree with that. That my number six is the Prestige. I have not mm-hmm. seen this for a while, so mm-hmm. I if I'd have a recent rewatch, that might bump it up a little bit. Yeah, I think the Prestige. I, I think the Prestige is like the next six movies that I'm about to list are like top tier for Christopher Nolan. Yeah, they might as well I be mean, like one A, one B, two A, two B, basically. Exactly. Like the Prestige is an A mo- movie. Like I'd give the Dark Knight ri- Rises probably a B plus. In that range, Dark Knight Rises B plus, B plus A minus, yeah. Wow, I think it's just yeah. I'm, okay, I, I think I, was I not got it like by B it. plus. Same with the same yeah. with Batman Begins. Batman Begins is probably a B plus. Yeah. So okay, the, prestige. The, the prestige at six. So my number six is Memento, mm. which I love. Memento. I mean, the whole that movie. It just goes, I don't know how Christopher Nolan makes these movies. Um, him and Jonathan, him and his brother Jonathan Nolan developed it on a road trip to L.A. And it's based on Jonathan Nolan's short movie or short like poem or short story called Memento Mori. And that's how, you know, they adapted it, made the movie. Lenny! All time movie. Sweet line. Lenny. No, it's no, it's Leonard. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't remember the last of it, but it's got great little moments like that. It's very gritty from other Nolan movies. So it's kind of yeah. interesting to see it in his filmography of like, oh, that's a Chris Nolan movie. Cause it's his first, like probably his breakout. I would say is memento. Yeah. I love memento. Um, your, your, yeah. Yours and I's rankings are very similar. My number five is Batman begins. Okay. Just the start of the start of the Batman. Uh, the trilogy. I love Batman Begins. I love the intensity of it, uh, the suspense, the acting, and just kind of what it built. And then that leads to obviously the sequel, The Dark Knight, which is the greatest sequel, in my opinion, maybe ever made. Top three for sure. Oh, dang. I like that. Go off, baby. Yeah. So that's my I, number I, five, Batman Begins. Okay. My number five is Dunkirk. Um, Man, wow, I love Dunkirk. High. I saw it a couple times in theater. I paid to see it. One of like five movies I've seen in IMAX just because, I don't know, I haven't really gotten into IMAX. I, anyways, that's beside the point. Um, the sound design is crazy. The sound effects are 
It's just great. The movie looks amazing. It feels like you're actually there. He pitched it to the movie studio as basically a virtual reality type movie where it feels like the audience is there. Um, yeah, talk about it does how, have that like, feel. The characters, they're like, oh, they're not really characters. And it's like, well, they're not really spoke. You're just, it's it's a very atmospheric setting of the movie. Like, time itself is the main character. And, like, mm-hmm. good versus bad kind of are the characters. It's not your conventional narrative so to speak and i think he pulls this off really well very underrated um in his in his filmography even though i have it number five it could very much move up and down depending on when i see it next just like you in the yeah, prestige I, okay yeah. uh, my number four is memento oh i love memento mm, this is a sweet yeah. mind bender mm-hmm. and i love that it's just kind of this movie is just kind of flipped upside down, so to speak. Yeah, it's crazy how it's I laid love out. I, I love how it transitions from black to white, black and white to uh, color. So mm-hmm. Memento, number four, Guy Pierce kills it in this role. Yeah. Big fan of Memento. Uh, you not seen Memento, anybody? Go watch it. It's on Netflix. Time. It is a fun watch. It's, it's very, um, it's got some pretty like graphic language in it. So if you're, you know, turned off by that, maybe it's not your cup of tea. I'd say Memento's kind of sour. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think Memento is sour. For Most sure. of his movies you, are very sweet. Insomnia spoiled. I would say it's, yeah, I don't. but Memento's sour. I can see some people being like, nah, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're tuned in, if you're ready for a mind bender and you have to think a little bit, Memento is definitely that watch. Yeah. Um, my number four is The Prestige. It is an adapt- adaptation from Christopher, Kreef's no- Christopher Priest's novel of the same name. And it's, I don't know what it is. It's just got a special place in my heart. It's one of my favorites. Um, Christian Bale, again, and Hugh Jackman. You've got David Bowie in there as Nikola Tesla. And how there's a little bit of sci-fi mixed in. It's really interesting, but it's just about... You know, kind of chasing out, you know, what is it? Something with the keeping up with the Joneses of just like trying to keep up appearances and trying to like push yourself. Exactly. My mom said that literally just a few days ago. (laughs) That's that's (laughs) how it feels. The Joneses itis. I would go. I would go watch the Prestige again, and I think it jumps up on your list. Mm. It's crazy. It's due for a week. That's on Netflix, isn't it? I don't know. I don't think it. Maybe it is. Oh, I. I don't know. Maybe it is. I'll maybe look. Is. I'll look. I'll look after I tell my number three. My number three is The Dark Knight. Oh, okay. Nah. I okay. Mean, Dark Knight, A plus movie. You know what's coming next. Our top three. Yeah, are all intertwined. Um, my number three is Interstellar. And it's actually so. It's very interesting. Christopher Nolan collaborates a lot with his brother Jonathan Nolan. And if you were to sit them side by side and hear them talk, in a million years, you'd never guess that they're brothers because um, Chris Nolan is forty nine. And Jonathan Nolan is 43. They're quite a few years ahead or a years apart. Jonathan Christopher Nolan grew up primarily in London, but their mother is from Chicago and their father is from England. So they spent a lot of time going back and forth. And what Jonathan noticed is he was bullied a lot and just kind of his, people didn't really love his accent the more time he spent in Chicago. And he wanted to be identified as a Chicago kid. So Jonathan Nolan has an, Engl- has an American accent. He's in, so he's he's produced and developed Westworld for HBO. Me and Becky have been watching it, and every time I see them interview him, I'm like, "There's no way that's Christopher Nolan's brother." I've had to Google it four times because I just can't believe that they're the, they're related. 
because they sound totally different. Um, Jonathan Nolan contributes to the fact that Christopher Nolan is left-handed and he's right-handed, so they're very they're they're able to flip off of each other's ideas well and seem very different at the same time. So that was an interesting fact that Jonathan Nolan American accent. Love that you'd never guess it. Crazy. Come on the pod. Come on, Jonathan. We love you, Jonathan. Bring your bring your brother Christopher. Westworld's so confusing. I don't know how you wrote it, and I'm it, I don't know, but it's yeah. fun. Anyways, um, number my two. number two is Inception, as we just talked about. Okay, great, great watch. Rewatchability is mm-hmm. one of the best. You pick up on little things. Acting is great. Action is great. Story is phenomenal. Tense. Everything's good. So Inception number two. Yeah, um, that's my number two as well. We already talked about it. Not much more to say. Inception. Yep. Great watch. Uh, my number one, and this is just definitely climbed the ladder after re watches. We've reviewed it. Mm-hmm. Interstellar. I love Interstellar. I love the concept of space, of travel, of just the love. The score. And time as enemy. And the score oh. is so good. So Interstellar number one. That is probably my fourth favorite movie of all time. Maybe maybe my third. Oh my know. gosh. We, we, I, I have to rehash my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Because mm-hmm. we did that. Oh, we did that for like take 10. It was. And since take 10, just a handful of movies have p- been put in that top 10. Oh, so. that's same with me. Mine's almost compl- Mine's almost 100% different. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think three movies from my top ten that I listed in Take Ten are there, and like a new seven has just, yeah, they've stepped in the door. Mm-hmm. They're there. So my number one is The Dark Knight. It's also like my second, third favorite movie of all time, and I think the reason why it pushes it above Inception is because I love Batman, my favorite superhero, and his adaptation of Batman. You know, The Dark Knight. I think he took a lot of inspiration from The Long Halloween, which is one of three books that I actually physically own um and it's not even a book it's a graphic novel it's a book it's a book it has the word novel in it so it's a book um and it's almost perfect the rewatchability of it as well is even better than inception for me um christopher nolan's Mm. favorite scene in the dark knight is the interrogation scene so that was kind of interesting to find out about him he loves that scene oh wow and the dark knight it's it's a perfect it's the best superhero movie made of all time it is. That and Spider-Man, I, I am right there with you, though. I think Spider-Man 2 is it's Thank second, you. but it is, Deserves man. more credit. Because yeah. Okay, so I was talking with someone the other day. Spider-Man 2, if you take out the superhero aspect, it works perfectly as a drama. Oh, yeah, 100%. It really does. And I think that's Just, another thing that makes Batman or The Dark Knight work so well, is if you take out the whole Batman aspect and just maybe replace him with a cop or a detective, it's the exact same thing. It works just as well. Mm-hmm. 100%. Grounded in reality. So, very cool. Oh, love that. So I want to ask you, mm-hmm. uh, I can go first. Yeah, I'll go first. Go for it. So to round out this pod, this take, what's a film or an idea, most insane idea we would want Christopher Nolan to take? Could be a true story. Could be totally fiction. Um, so I want to talk about this real quick. Okay. I would love for Christopher Nolan to do Operation Paperclip. What is Have you heard that? about this? No. What is that? So Operation Paperclip uh, is a secret program of the Joint Intelligence Objectives Agency. And okay. <laughs> more than 1,600 German scientists, engineers, and technici- technicians um, were taken from Germany to the United States for U.S. government employment 
especially primarily between 1945 and 1959. And many of them were members and some were former leaders of the Nazi party. Oh. So after World War II was ended, you know, we took over a lot of the scientists and engineers to help our space program. So, um, in fact, this is a cool story. I didn't know about this until I think everybody, after you guys listen to this take, after you listen to this pod, <laughs> go ahead and check out Throughline NPR. And it's October 23rd episode, The Dark Side of the Moon. Okay. And they talk about it. It's only 41 minutes long. And they talk about Operation Paperclip. And I was floored. And I can't believe this has not been made into a movie yet. And I think Christopher Nolan could do a great job building the suspense of Operation Paperclip and how these scientists and engineers were brought over to the U.S. to work for us. Okay. Essentially, essentially, essentially like almost held hostage to work for us. That's um, interesting. And, and, I, I and like trade for their that. freedom. But it's been whatnot. a while. So it's 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 a cool story, and I would I think Christopher Nolan could do a great job, and I think he can dramatize a little bit, kind of stretch it, make it maybe you know based on a true story. Mm-hmm. And I like think Dunkirk. Christopher Nolan yeah. could do a great job. Yeah. So I think okay. I think Christopher Nolan again. I think this is right up his alley. So so I can see this being great. I I thought of this one actually. So I was a read. I was originally going to pick maybe an you know. Like a totally uh, like obscure historical event that he could adapt, but I think it'd be interesting if he did a period piece of the Roanoke Colony disappearance. Do you know about that? Ooh, no, enlighten me. So back like in the Pilgrim Age, a group of about 112 Americans went missing, and there was just like an inscription in a tree left there. To mark that they actually lived there and it appeared after their disappearance. So what? I think that he could mix in some interesting, you know, kind of fictional aspects. Sure. Um, and see him tackle a period piece. He hasn't really, he hasn't done, I mean, the prestige, but I think that's still like late 80s. It'd be interesting to go pilgrimage time, see what he sure. can do, bring his style in. I don't even know if it would work. I'd just. The Roanoke disappearance is so interesting to me because it's so mysterious. Up. I've and never heard about that. Throw him into it. See what he can do. And that'd be interesting. We're not going to make posters for these like we did for our <laughs> for our, um, for our video game movie adaptations. But it would still yeah. be interesting. Um, huh. I have... Oh, I want to I end to... off on yeah, maybe a it. more inspirational note. And what I've called some Nolan Nuggets. Okay. Now, I got these from, from various uh, locations, IMDb, Screen Rant, but there are three facts that I think are very interesting about him, the last one being my favorite. Um, one fact is, as of probably about a year, year and a half ago, um, Christopher Nolan does not have an email or a cell phone. Wow. So he is way to in do his, I mean, this man Off seems the grid. dedicated. Dedicated. Um, eliminate, eliminate, eliminate distractions. Oh, yeah. Um... Blade Runner is his favorite movie, which I wonder how I, I it's, it'd be interesting to watch Blade Runner than more of Chris Nolan's movies to see kind of the parallels that he took from Ridley Scott in his directing hmm. style. They, they, they're they very gritty film style. So I think that makes sense. The practicality is another thing that um, Chris Nolan brings into his movies. He uses visual effects to enhance scenes. He doesn't use it to add anything really. Um, but the the most interesting fact that I found about him, I did not know this, is Chris Nolan never went to film school. Wow. He has 
completely on his own merit through hard work. He was like a, a production assistant at one point. He's done all sorts of jobs, but he has worked his way up to be where he is now. So if there's anyone out there who feels like maybe they have to go to film school. Um, I also was listening to some to an interview with Ryan Johnson where he's also said the same thing. He didn't go to, I don't think he went to film school. I don't remember that part, but just start making movies, whether it's with your phone, start writing scripts, start doing things so that you can get the experience to work up to different levels. Um, you know, we, we've talked about Stefan Vandegraaff and Nick Rush that we've interviewed on the pod. They're directing. Um, we talked about Matt even as he just started. Um, if you have the drive or the decision, go on. Just start working on things little by little. Me and Tanner, we got Skillshare. They're not an ad for the pod, but um, <laughs> it's been great just to like improve my video editing skills using Premiere Pro or improve Photoshop and learn different skills. Going back to what we talked about at the beginning of the pod, there is no rush or no like pressure to learn anything in the quarantine. But you've got an if you have an itch to start making movies or to start editing or directing. Start just doing little things. Start thinking of ideas and start developing them. Because you never know what's going to take you. You could be the next Chris Nolan. Man, Keeks, become a motivational speaker. I am touched. Put some. Put some. <laughs> we're gonna get. We're gonna get Matt to make some uh, catalog Hype music. It Throw it oh, behind yeah. me. SFT Productions. We're we're coming, baby. We're coming. We are. Um, no, I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. And Christopher Fun, Nolan, right? he's just found his groove. He's found his rhythm, and he kills it. He does a great job. And I'm excited for Tenet because that movie looks like a trip. And I will add another thing. Super original. I think it's funny that everyone feels that Christopher Nolan is like this original idea genius. But um, if we go through his movies, Insomnia as a remake, the three Batman movies are all adaptations. Memento, eh, we could say that's original. Dunkirk is based on an event. So Mm -hmm. still original idea, but based off something. The Prestige is an adaptation. Interstellar is actually based on his brother's script. Inception is an original idea from him. So technically, he only really has like three movies, maybe four movies that are like quote-unquote original ideas. But I think what helps is his execution of everything seems so original. So Very flawless. It's great. Christopher Nolan, you have no phone. You don't... You probably don't know what podcasts are, but come on the pod. We'll we'll send you some smoke signals. See if you can find them. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy if we did and he like showed up at our door? We'll send you just a sweet Morse code. We know you can read it. We'll send you a handwritten letter. Yeah, yeah. No, I love, love that. Those. Take 81. Great take. Christopher Nolan, one of the, the best. And man, he's had a great track record. Really he has. has. So yep. tennis going to be a ride. Interstellar, Inception, Dark Knight. That's the top three for me from Christopher Nolan. Um, mm-hmm. Very inspirational, Keeks. I'm moved. Let's freaking do it, dude. Next take, 82, is I need to be 250. And we're going over five movies, um, which we mentioned last time. We've actually already started a few of them. I only have, like, two more that I have to watch. And um, it, it'll be it'll be an interesting watch, to say the least. So we have to watch um, Rong de Basanti... The 400 Blows, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, Dead Poets Society, and Andrei Rublev. And Andrei Rublev was directed by Andrei Tarkovsky, who's one of the most famous Russian-Soviet directors of all time. And that'll be a really interesting watch. It is on Criterion Channel, so don't buy it. You you already have Criterion. I I think I still have my subscription in place for that. I do, because actually I've I've actually been watching... I'm glad we're just doing five movies. Mercy. 
Yep. <sighs> um, so we can actually elaborate and talk about them. So, um, Keeks, great take. Love you. See you next week. <laughs> TC, <laughs> I love it, dude. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And stay sweet. Sweet. sweet.